0: This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. On
1: Histories podcast, where we talk about the Star Wars legend versus is canon lore i'm one of your hosts austin also known as teacup and i'm your other host
0: ben of temeria
1: and we are here continuing in our little mini series on the various species of the star wars universe which i am sure we will not cover them all in this maybe probably not
0: there's a lot and there's also a lot that have very little info Because they may have shown up for, like, a couple episodes in the Clone Wars for the first time. And that's it. Kind of a thing. So. But we'll we'll cover, like, majority of the, the fan favorites and, like, you know, the popular ones.
1: Right. So, last time we talked about the Night Sisters and the Night Brothers... And so today I think we're going to a close cousin of this that species.
0: We are. We are going to be talking about the Zabrex, which if no one knows just from the term Zabrak, you've all seen one if you watched the prequel series. Or mm-hmm. Clone Wars or Rebels. Or, you know. That's solo. Solo. Uh, I was going to say, I know there's one more thing, uh, but Darth Maul. Darth Maul is a Zabrak. Obviously, we see Night Brothers in Fallen Order. Um, we do see them in uh, the Clone Wars as well, which, like, Savage Hmm. So, yes, we are going to go over Zabraks.
1: Are they? Are Zabraks? Like, are they different
0: than Night Brothers? Are they different? They than- they are different. Um, they and we'll go into that because Zabrax was not the original name for the species. Hmm. So to kick things off, we always we you know start with legends. So the Zabrak, also known as the Eredorians, uh were referring to the Zabrax who came from Eredoria were carnivorous, near-human species native to Eodora, a planet located in the mid-rim known for inhospitable terrain and fierce predatory life. They were a species known to have a fierce sense of self-determination and an equality, equally uh, dominant need for independence. So. So, the, right there tells you... Zabrax, the Zabrax we see, like, that are that we're going to cover today are going to be different from the Knight Brothers because technically Maul was kind... It was technically a Knight Brother. Um, but, you know, that's, that's all in Maul's history.
1: Well, I think... And, like, because there's so much time between The Phantom Menace and Clone Wars, like, there's almost... Almost ten years between.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, probably ten years between the Phantom Menace and Maul's first appearance in Clone Wars. So much has changed about his backstory and his appearance in Canons versus Legends. So it's hard to say sometimes. Like there, right. I think even Obi Wan makes a comment about it. Like Yoda says, "From Dathomir, this just like Maul," and he's like, I thought Maul came from Iridonia, and Yoda's like, no, another tribe on the planet Dathomir.
0: Yep. So, yeah. So it gets a little muddled uh, there. So, going off now into the biology and appearance, uh, so, like I was saying, Zabrax were near-human, so they're humanoid. They look similar to, you know, you, me, anyone. Uh, But they had a number of significant uh, physical characteristics characteristics that set them apart from baseline humanity uh, the most striking of these were the species of vestural horns and crowned the uh, on their heads of both males and females these horns grew at puberty and varied patterns and sniffigate uh, uh, I can't talk today S- signified signified gosh uh, that the time of their rite of passage was drawing near. So just like, you know, humans go through puberty. Zabrax do, but they also grow horns during their puberty. Hmm. Um the horns were one trait shared by the many Zabrax subspecies, were divided into physical a number of physical characteristics that differed from the subspecies to subs- two subspecies these include different skin tones, which include peachy white, pure white, yellow, red, tan, brown, and black, horn patterns and sizes, hair growth, though it should be noted that most Zabraks, unlike humans, could not grow eyelashes or facial hair. There were some exceptions, such as Maris Brood and Bordor, who had eyebrows, and eye color, which were certain, certain pigmentation that humans lack, such as purple, yellow, red, and orange. So I never realized that Maris Brood and uh Bower Dor uh, have eyelashes. <laughs> yeah, I have Or eyebrows, I mean. Eyebrows, year. not eyelashes, eyebrows. It's like I've never not to go back and replay Kotor 2. Or... I haven't even I haven't even noticed
1: I didn't even know Maris was a Zadrak.
0: It's very subtle. Like you only see mm-hmm. like a little bit of her uh, horns. Right. During um, Force Unleashed. Mm Mm-hmm. Should we play those games? Oh, they're so good. Those games are so good. The
1: graphics hurt my eyes sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, what, 2007? So...
1: Well, like, and it really messes with me when... I know this was the thing, but nowadays it really messes with me when the graphics change... From cutscenes to
0: oh, gameplay. Yeah, cutscene to gameplay instead of like, being consistent throughout the entire game. Right. That's fair. Here's this awesome cinematic cutscene. Here's the gameplay. Oh. Well, I know
1: J- <laughs> I know JRPGs were terrible about it.
0: Yeah, JRPGs are a really big hit on that. But, um, so another of the traits that made Zabrax instant- instantly recognizable... Were their facial tattoos, which were made of thin lines received during the rite of passage, They could, these could symbolize, symbolize many things including but not limited to family lineage, place of birth, or even design that reflected their individual personalities. And then internally, Zaprax possessed a second heart. They also had a great resistance to physical pain. Hmm, second heart interesting granted I mean we all know why Maul survived if you watch Clone Wars is through the dark power of the dark side and his hatred and anger mm-hmm. blah 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 but you could also get, put it down to biology at that point
1: well and let's think about this for a second I guess it depends because if it cauterized well I don't know because it all depends like If you were cut in half and it was cauterized where you weren't leaving any blood, the only problem you would have is you wouldn't have any way to... You would basically eventually go into septic and die.
0: True. That is true.
1: But if its anatomy is different, maybe?
0: Like... And you also have space magic.
1: Right, because most of our vital (laughs) organs... Most of our vital organs, except for our kidneys and the intestines,
0: are above here. hmm chest, so, chest height and above. Yep.
1: Right. Well, I don't know.
0: Who knows? Um, Zabrax were capable of breeding with humans in a hybrid subspecies evolved on Dathomir called the Dathoma- Dathomirians, formed from the mating of night brother Zabrax and night sister humans, which we obviously talked about last week
1: yep
0: so um uh, so now we move on to their personality, so Zabrax were often seen in most species as being single minded and observ- observation uh that was not terribly incorrect. the single minded determination came from the fact they were a race with a strong sense of self assurance. Uh, confident that they were able to accomplish any task that they set out to do. However, this did not lead a Zabrak to develop a sense of prideful superiority towards others of his or her kind. Though it is not uncommon to see compl- uh, competition between colonies, this is not seen in a negative. The Zabraks believe that the various experiences of the different colonies only served to add to the race's overall value throughout the galaxy. And then Zabrak? Well, go on.
1: I was gonna say, I feel like they would get along with the Mandalorians.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, funny, funny that you say that. Um, if you go and play Swtor currently in the newest expansion, um, during the Legacy of the Sith year, right now with the most recent update, they added a new storyline specifically to do all things Mandalorian. There's a Zabrak Mandalorian that you uh team up with so hmm yes they they go hand in hand and they're loner too they like to do things solo right which mo- most Mandalorians like to do things solo anyway anyway so right so Zabraks were proud strong and confident beings they believed that nothing was a was truly impossible, and strove to prove skeptics wrong at every turn. Some Zabraks carried themselves with an air of superiority towards other races, frequently discussing the achievements of their people with pride that could border uh, border on arrogance. As warriors or adventurers, Zabraks tended to be dedicated, intense, and extremely focused. And then Zabraks from Ir- Iridonia. Were considered to be more warlike than Zabraks from their colony worlds, most likely due to the rugged terrain that made up their homeworld. As such, they developed a highly physical style of martial arts, which were a requirement for young Zabraks to learn. And it is uncommon for Zabraks from Eodoria to be among the best hand-to-hand combats, hand-to-hand fighters. And weaponsmiths in the galaxy, Zabraks from the colony worlds also shared the drive for excellence, but encouraged their children to express it in other ways. It is thus not surprising to see that Zabraks met with success in many fields, ranging from medicine to entertainment. So you know, the yeah, so the you know, homeworld Zabraks are more like what we what we were saying, like more Mandalorian like. Mm-hmm. And then the ones in their colonies are more... They put more freedom into their style of teaching and way of life compared to their homeworld uh, versions of themselves. And then Zabrax would commonly take their names from animals native to Iridonia. Uh, many Zabrax families um, named after Brooke. Buk, B U K K. Many Zabrak males were named uh, after the Block, Lok, and Zur. Many Zabrak females were known to take their names from Triz. Hmm. That's interesting. All... So, blokes are like Banthas. Hmm. Lokes are another version of Banthas. On Eridonia. I want to say Zers, I think might be the same. No, Zers are fast moving insects. Hmm. And then Triz are. Well, it doesn't say what it is. It's just a species Hmm. that's known to the planet. Eh. Hmm. They have toothed Bantha like animals that you're named after. I don't know how I would be. Okay being named after a animal that's similar to a bantha I
1: don't know maybe. <laughs> so, I doubt there are many I doubt there are many uh children on Tatooine called bantha voodoo
0: fair point that's a fair point <laughs> yeah, i don't I wouldn't definitely would not want to be called that um so now we get into a bit of their history and legends, so according to Asha, the mother machine, the Zabraks were one of her chosen, or one of her children, quote-unquote, synthetic life forms she created under the orders of the Infinite Empire as part of the experimentation of the Rakata hoped would give them insight into the loss of the connection to the Force. This would place the origins of the species sometime between 30,000 and 25,200 BBY. Uh, as one of the earliest uh, spacefaring species in the galaxy, the Zabrak played a major role in the galaxy affairs. Like early humans, the Zabraks established many colonies outside their home systems early in their history, such as the planet uh, Ir- Iridea. The Eoloman species was believed to some. Xeno-archaeologists uh, to be descended from Zabrak colonists who settled on Elam in the distant past. By the time the Zabraks encountered the Republic, they had a total of eight colonies in five systems. Well, way to go. Right? And La- I feel
1: like, do you ever feel like the Rakata are like the Star Wars equivalent of the Protheans?
0: Oh my god. I never thought about that until you just said, oh my God, that is. Oh, the simulator. Oh, BioWare. Because <laughs> they just like. BioWare just they copy this and
1: paste it. <laughs> They really do just copy and
0: paste. It's, hey, here's changing a bit of their history. Oh, here, let's change the name. Here we go. New thing for this oh. new thing we'd made. <laughs>
1: There was something I came across in SwoTor that was similar. Um, Oh, what was it? It was something else. Oh, they. It was in this podcast. It was about I can't remember exactly who, if it was the Mandalorians or someone else, but they worshipped the old gods or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And I was like, fireware, come on.
0: Ripping off but, of Dragon Age, ripping off of Mass Effect. Oh, wait a minute. Bioware owns all those.
1: Right. Well, technically, the Ricotta were first. So we have true. to give credit where it's true. That
0: is true. Bioware copy and pasted Ricotta into Mass Effect.
1: Right. But yeah, like, they go around. They have this empire that spans the galaxy. It's supposed to be infinite. They meddle in other species. They,
0: you know... Went extinct long ago. (laughs) They're just... They're just Star
1: Wars protheans. Oh my gosh, I never thought of that. Holy crap. But weren't
0: actually extinct? That's true. They were quote-unquote extinct, but not extinct. Extinct. Yeah. So, long ago, the Sith had made contra- contacts with the High Council of Iridonia in order to hire the services of the most talented mercenaries. This influence remained with the Zabrax people long after the Sith were thought to be wiped out in the Seventh Battle of Ruusan, uh, though it re- remained more co- closely associated with the Zabrax of Iridonia than the Zabrax of the, col- of the Colony Worlds. In the time Following the formation of the Galactic Empire, the natural, strong-willed nature of the Zabrak people allowed them to resist Imperial op- occupation. This, de- uh, ugh, this defiant spirit continued in the face of various actions that the Empire took against them, including garrisoning all their worlds, destroying their industrial base, the ra- uh, and raising taxes that drove them to near poverty. Many Zabrak's men and women joined the alliance to restore their Republic to fight back against the Empire. Following the defeat of the Empire, the Battle of Endor, the Zabrak race reunited as one and joined the fledgling New Republic, determined to never again to put under the oppression that they suffered during the height of the New Order. Yeah, so that's really what we have in the history of Legends. I mean, there's not a whole lot of history on the people. But the characters, that's a different story that we're about to get into. Mm-hmm. So, Zabrak's in the galaxy, and there's a lot. So, during the Old Republic era, Zabrak uh, Bodor uh, served under the Jedi Exile during the Mandalorian Wars. He created the Mass Shadow Generator that used to destroy Malachor V and helped bring an end to the Mandalorian Wars. He then traveled to uh, with the Exile in search for the Jedi Masters and likely helped rebuild the Jedi Order after the after her departure. We have Ko... Sin... uh, Darchit... Darch? Darch? Sure. Kojin Darch, I want to say. Words, Star Wars. Not a good mix. Uh, Was the Zabrak Master of the Jedi Order during the years preceding the Great Galactic War. Uh... In 3681 BBY, a legendary Jedi Knight who later held the title Battlemaster, Darch trained a young Jedi Padawan named Satil Shan, and both were present during the Sith Empire, which were believed to uh, believed destroyed for centuries, launched an assault to retake Korriban. Uh, Darch was ultimately killed in battle with the Sith Lord, uh, Vic- Vindishin... Vendition, yeah, Yeah. and his apprentice, Malgus. Uh, Because of the Darch's sacrifice, Sean was able to escape and warn the Galactic Republic at the Sith Empire return. So, on that note, one of the trailers, uh, the cinematic trailers they did for Star Wars The Old Republic, is literally this. You see Satil and her master, um, Kao Shin, And they battle Malgus and his master, uh, Vendition. And Mm -hmm. it's an epic, epic trailer. But yes, you do see him. You see him perish. Which sucks. But this is also before Malgus gets, like, his face completely destroyed. Mm -hmm. So it's super weird to see him without his mask and see, like, a young face on him. And then among the Sith later, of the later era, was uh, Shirok. A male Zabrak who trained the Sith Apprentice at the Academy and Corban during the New Sith Wars, Sharak was renowned at the Academy for his strength in the Dark Side and his skills in the lightsaber combat. He developed a rival in the fellow Apprentice Bane, who Sharak believed was one of the few students that could eventually challenge his place in the Academy. Allies of Sharak were follows Zabrak's uh, and a Sith Apprentice's uh, Luke Kay and his sister Yvonne. Yivrar, Yvra mm-hmm. Yivra. Uh together, Serac and Serac, Loke and Yiva set a track to establish the, uh, the rival Sith Bane. Their plan did not succeed, which makes sense because Bane obviously did not die in that. No. Uh, then we have Darth Maul, who was an apprentice to Palpatine, who eventually became a Dark Lord of the Sith. Maul was responsible for the death of the Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn, but was seamlessly destroyed by Obi-Wan Kenobi. However, Maul managed to survive the defeat at the hands of Kenobi by harnessing the power of hatred and the dark side. He then united with his brother Savage Opress and were trained in the ways of the Sith by Count Dooku. Together, they went on a rampage of destruction to try to lure Kenobi into a final duel so that Maul could finally have his revenge. we also have... Eeth Koth and Agen Kolar uh, were two Zabraks that served the Jedi High Council in the period leading to the fall of the Galactic Republic. Koth was notably an ad- additional addition to the Jedi Order in that bo- born on Nar Shaddaa instead of Iridonia, uh, or one of the colony worlds, was taken as a youngling. Uh, when he was older than age of four, the mental and physical disciplines of his natural Zaprak heritage, along with the potential, uh, allowed him to be an exception to the rule that required Jedi initiatives taken into three or four. kador was killed during the Clone Wars when me- making an attempt to arrest Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, recently uh, revealed to have been Darth Sidious.
1: You know, it's really interesting because I always thought that Eeth Koth and Aiden Core were the same person for a long time. No, nope. they're not. They just look exactly the same.
0: Yep. And honestly, the reason probably why they did that is because budget. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they just didn't want to make too much.
1: Well, and then Eth Koth makes another appearance in the Clone Wars. True. Which I thought he would die there, and that would make sense, but he didn't.
0: Yeah, they don't... I don't think they ever showed his death.
1: No, they did not.
0: And then we also have Maris Brood uh, was a female Zabrak Jedi Padawan who survived the initial stages of the Great Jedi Purge. She spent many years in hiding with Jedi Master Shaak Ti on the planet of Felucia. After her master's death, she was corrupted by the Dark Side of the Force. Which we fight during uh, Force Unleashed. I almost forgot the yep. name. We fight both Chokti and her apprentice, who turns mm-hmm. to the dark side. Yeah, you fight a lot of rancors in that mission. Mm-hmm.
1: Like yes, a you lot. Do.
0: <laughs> And then, during the Legacy Era, Zabrak Wolf Sauzen served as Jedi Master who was active during the Sith Imperial War and the subsequent Second Imperial Civil War against Darth Krayt's Galactic Empire. He was Cole Skywalker's Padawan and Jedi Master of Cole's son, Cade Skywalker. However, Sauzen was killed before he could finish Cade Skywalker's training. Yeah. So sad. It is. But that's what we have in Legends for Zabrax. All right. Well, is this a good time for a break? Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, welcome to the middle of the show, where we talk about all things with the lore of this, or not that are not about the lore of this show. And we are here to thank our patrons because we love our patrons. Thank you so much for your support. We had a great patron chat last week and hanging out there. Was that two weeks ago? No, that was last week, right?
0: Yes, it was last week.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, last week with the patron chat. That was a lot of fun. If you want to join us from there, you can. Go to patreon.com slash histories and sign up for the $20 tier or higher. And you can join us on Patreon on a month every, once a month on the show to talk about a topic that we decide on beforehand. Uh but you can come out and if you want to talk Star Wars and share Star Wars thoughts with us, we do. We normally just end up talking about a lot of games and our experience in the games, and it's a lot of fun. Um other than that, you can leave us ratings and reviews on Spotify or Apple. If you leave us five stars and some kind words, we will read them out on a future episode of the show. And then the last thing is just come hang out with us on Discord. You can check us out in the Cups Podcasting and More server or the Robots Radio server. That's where you can find out information about this podcast or other podcasts. You can also hang out and chat with us. Come play SWOTOR. Come hang out. Do whatever. Maybe play Destiny with Ben if he's nice.
0: Yeah, I, I've been playing too much of Destiny right now. Yes. Yeah.
1: Other than that, yeah, I think that's all I got for the middle of the show.
0: Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and also to remind everyone, we do live stream these episodes every Tuesday okay. at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific on my Twitch channel, Ben of Tamaria. And then I also stream my other show, Wizarding World Lorecast, on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Pacific. But, yeah, that's it.
1: All right. Well, let's get back to
0: it, then. Cool. (laughs) been close. Oh, so close. So, now we have the canon of Zabrax, which, surprisingly, is not a whole lot. Uh, So, with their history, Zabrax were loyal members of the Galactic Republic during its reign, but immediately opposed to the Galactic Empire upon its creation, with many joining to the Alliance to restore the Republic. Likewise, many Zabrax sided with the Resistance to oppose the First Order after the fall of the New Republic. Because both the Empire and the... uh, First order. Both hate aliens. Because they're all jerks. Except if you're Theron. He's like the o- one of the only exceptions. Right. Yeah. Which
1: never made sense to me. But I think that really just kind of like. I feel like that developed as an afterthought. Because George Lucas didn't have the budget. For that many aliens.
0: Right. That's true. Like I'm. I don't know. Even though it's just you could paint someone blue. That's basically it. Right. But, oh well. So, with their society and culture, uh, all Zabraks were fiercely independent, usually taking the roles in society that minimized their need to order around by others. This was often mistaken by other species for a loafness or arrogance, which was anonymous. Oh, those Zabraks. Were unshamingly proud of being survivors, the majority of Zabrax wore facial tattoos, which often uh, indicated familial ties, which could also simple, simply be based on an individual's personal taste. So very similar to what we have in Legends. They were a colonial species, having migrated and adapted to dominate many worlds. The Zabrak of Iridoria were commonly seen traveling across the galaxy as Jedi, bounty hunters, or other professions. A group of tribal male Zabraks lived on the planet Dathomir, and where they were subsequent to the female Night Sisters, but dwelt separately from them. Much of the Dathomirian Zabraks culture was unknown to outsiders as they did not trust off worlders. Which makes sense, because that's where Savage is from. That's where Maul's from. They're from Dathomir. Mm. So, now we have Zabrax in the galaxy. So, despite the species being overall overall loyalty to the Republic, individual Zabrax could be found across the galaxy with a wide range of allegiances, usually in roles of minimal manageable supervision such as independent traders mercenaries bounty hunters or scouts one such as was sugi who worked as a bounty hunter during the clone wars and taught her niece yas imari the same trade another member of the bounty hunters guild on the planet of navarro criminal pursuits were often attracted to younger zabraks and during the iron blockade of the Anoint Sector, Silver Zabrax served as a crew for the smuggler who led the uprising against the Imperial blockade. And that is from the mobile game Star Wars Uprising, which you cannot play anymore, sadly.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately.
0: It was a good game. It was like a dia- it's like and I've said we've said this I think in two episodes ago. Like the game was very top down, like Diablo esque style of game. And it was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was fun. I only think, I I think it was only like on the app store for like a few years and then they took it down. Right. But it is what it is. So several force sensitive Zabrax joined the Jedi order during the time of the Galactic Republic into including Zubin Unconnery. Unconnery. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, Ethkoth, and Agent Kolar, the latter of the tombs, served the Jedi High Council. And converse, uh, controversially, the or er, four sensitive brothers Maul and Savage Opress both served the Sith before independently forming the Shadow Collective, Criminal Cartel, and briefly ruined the planet Mandalore. Many Dathomirians, Zabraks lived on Dathomir, the world which their race was named, they included Knight Brothers under the rule of the Daphamiri night Sister Witch Clan. And then unidentified members of the species can be seen on planets such as Sorgon, while others known to be working for Gore Koresh around 9 ABY. But Interesting. Yeah. And then we got and some... And you can
1: play as Sabrax... In, in battlefront
0: oh and yeah Sotar in battlefront, battlefront 2 that's true right? battlefront 2 I forgot about that
1: for both the resistance and the rebel alliance
0: yes battlefront 2 and then um the first battlefront as well the newer one. Oh. no one cares for that one i don't blame right. anyone it's just the galactic civil war and it was meh
1: and it was m- only multiplayer.
0: It was multiplayer only, and we got gypped on the season pass. It's mm-hmm. a $50 season pass. Literally gave us six maps and, like, ten weapons and, like, maybe eight heroes. Right. We got gypped. And you they learned for Battlefront 2, very quick, not to have anything paid for. <laughs> <laughs> So we do have some behind-the-scenes. So the term Iridorian is sometimes used to, uh, to refer to Zabraks and sometimes to a bloodthirsty people, also called the Iridorians. Whether Iridorians are just another designation of Zabrak species, a separate society and culture within the species, similar to Morkukai more warrior caste uh, within Nico society, or simply another species also native to Iridoria remains unclear. As Zaprax were featured as playable species for players who select the Jedi Knight, Jedi Counselor, Sith Inquisitor, Bounty Hunter, Sith Warrior, Imperial Agent, Smuggler, and Trooper classes in Star Wars The Old Republic, with the exception of humans, they are the only species that can be chosen by players of any class without cartel market or legacy unlocks. So they're the... Humans and Zabraks are the only species that you can use across the board without paying anything at all.
1: That's probably why I see so many Zabraks when I'm playing.
0: Probably. I mean, my uh, Sith Inquisitor is Zabrak, so. Mm-hmm. And with Suitor, depending on if your Empire or Republic determines your skin tone, uh, for mm-hmm. the Zabraks. So but that is
1: not. That's not canon anymore. <laughs> that's not canon or anything like that.
0: Yeah. So, like, in um, Empire, you're, like, the reddish color, like Maul, where in the Republic side, you're a tannish color, like Bodor, if you ever play Nice Little Republic 2. Mm-hmm. Or Kef, or, uh, Kef. Uh, from right. From Clone Wars.
1: hmm
0: Or Savage Oppressed, he's also tan. He's, like, a green, yellowy color. Eh, kind he's tan-ish. Kind of but that's what we got in canon. Yeah. Anything else to add? I think that's it for me. Cool. That's it for me. mm mm-hmm. Well, thank you
1: all for listening to the Holocron Histories podcast. We'll see you next time.
0: And may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHolohistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com.
1: vault dwellers join me jackson sassy lady Rover, eric and the creator maverick as we take topics from the fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals we can be found wherever you listen to your podcast you can follow us on youtube you can also find us on twitter or x or whatever you want to call it using at fallout rtd you can send us an email using falloutrtd at gmail.com
0: join us the conversation has already started